0: Welcome to this new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top Phoebe events. I am André and this is our basketball expert, yo Volent. Hi guys, hope
1: everything's doing okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of European Hoops podcast. So, André, let us know, man, what do we have for today?
0: On today's episode, we will be previewing all the action of EuroLeague round 17. Quickly, just a reminder that we will have our EuroLeague Leans and Peaks coming out tomorrow, Thursday and Friday for the games of each of those days of the competition. On the Friday 29th, and with uh, New Year's uh, weekend about to to arrive, we will be releasing our quick recap of this round 17 and our preview of round 18, since we will have a double uh, header week starting in the first week of January. So we will be making that episode available early for you guys, so you can be prepared for the round 18 of the EuroLeague. Then during the double header week, we will have our EuroLeague wins and picks for each day of the competition, as we always do. And also on Wednesday in the middle of the week, we will have our usual recap of round 18 and our preview of round 19. And then we get back to our normal schedule with episodes from Monday to Friday about the EuroLeague. To continue to get our episodes, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at T2 Euroleague and also to allows us to continue to bring you this uh, free content, make sure to share the podcast with a friend. That's the way we can continue to grow and can continue to develop the work we have been doing here at the European Hoops podcast. I will waste no more time with our introduction and we will get to the games. And we couldn't start in a better way than with a Turkish classic between EFES and Fenerbahce. Two teams that, have, that are in quite opposite moments of their season. FS is 13 with seven wins and nine losses. Fenerbahce is seventh with nine wins and three losses. FS has lost their previous three games. Fenerbahce has won their previous three games. Fenerbahce seems to have found themselves and start to be on a good momentum. They had dealt with some injuries and now they are starting to get healthy and to play at a very good level. FS on the other hand has is dealing with uh, several injuries and uh, has been having some struggles during the, the later stages of the season. This is a game that we can always expect to have high level of intensity, a game that should be very competitive. EFAS is a team that takes very good care of, care of the ball, they are second in the least turnovers per game with uh, 11.4, and uh, Fenerbahce, on the other hand, is a team that uh, shoots well from three, It's a very consistent team, it's a team that um, is very solid on both ends of the court. They rank 9th in offense. they rank 10th in between all the teams in the the EuroLeague. The Turkish Classic is always a high-intensity matchup, with EFES facing injuries and Fenerbahce undergoing a recent change in coaching staff. What are your insights on the momentum of each of these teams? and how it will impact this game.
1: The Turkish battle, man. Uh, I expect this game to, to be highly competitive, for sure. Uh, I think these teams, whenever they face each other, they, they always have very competitive games. They, it's always a high, in, uh, a nice environment on the crowd. So I think this game is going to follow that tradition. Uh, I think Fenerbahce should definitely be considered a favorite here uh, because of the injuries for Efes and because of the way Fenerbahce has been playing, now with the new coach. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be very interesting for me to, to see the battle inside with Ty Jones for FS and Oturu versus uh, Jonathan Motley, uh, Sertak Sandley, and even guys like Nigel hayes Davis, or Deshaun Pierre who can sometimes play like a four position. Uh, but I just think Fenerbahce has so much. Uh, like Their roster is so stacked and they have so many options like scoring options. You look at Wilbekin, Tyler Dorsey. Uh, Nigel Hayes Davis Deshaun Pierre like all of those guys can score Jonathan Motley of course and then for FS, I think they are way too dependent on what Chen Larkin can do and I just think that's a tough spot to be in when you play against such a talented roster like Fenerbahce I think FS will need to be hot from three they they will need to play at a, at a high pace in order to be able to outscore Fenerbahce but I just think it's got to be very hard because Fenerbahce has a lot of options on both sides of the floor they, they have size They have, especially on the wings, they have a lot more size than Efesh. And even at the guard spots, they just have a lot of guys there who can bother Uh, Shane Larkin. When you talk about Yamadar, a guy who usually comes off the bench and is just a pest. His energy is incredible. And and Nikolaj, with with being a a bigger guard, uh, putting his size and some physicality on Shane or Darius Thompson, I think Fenerbahce just has more than enough to, to come out of this game with a win.
0: Fenerbahce should be in good shape for this matchup, but it certainly will be a battle and it will be a fight. And this is a, a round that starts with two very high level games. The next one should also be a high intensity and hard fought game between Partizan and Virtus. Partizan is currently in sixth place after a slower start. They currently have nine wins and seven losses. And Virtus is is in third place. They are having an excellent season and playing great basketball. And they currently have 11 wins and 5 losses. Both of these teams come into this round uh, from a loss. And both of them will certainly want to bounce back. Dude, I'm thrilled about this game. We have two powerful offenses facing each other. One team that entered the season with uh, high expectations but had a slow start and another surprising everyone with some of the the best basketball in the competition. How do you see them matching up against each other?
1: This is a good one. Uh, In my opinion, Partizan is the better team. But so far this season, Virtus has been proving to be uh, a better team. Looking at standings, obviously they're in third place. Uh, I think Partizan, after losing to Real Madrid, they need to bounce back. And in a matchup like this, I believe Partizan has the advantage because of the physicality. I just think they have a lot of guys inside in Kaminski and Kaboklo, and Lede. They can do a lot of damage to to Virtus. And I think Lede is a perfect guy to, to match up against Toko Shengelia. So I believe Partizan will be able to to hold their own against Toko And then they just have a lot of talent on the backcourt and on the wings with Kevin Bunder, with PJ Dozier, with Nunnally. I think Partizan has every piece that they need to, to be able to succeed in this matchup. Obviously, Virtus is not an easy team to beat. Uh, But on the road against such a tough crowd like Partizans, I don't know um, if Virtus is going to be able to be so efficient like they usually are. Uh, They're certainly going to move the ball. They're going to find open shooters and they're going to hit shots. But I just think Partizan has a lot to contradict that. And I think Partizan is the favorite here. And I'm leaning Partizan for sure on this
0: matchup. I think that if Partizan is able to step up defensively, and impose themselves somewhat defensively against Virtus, they can have an advantage. I do think that they can be the the strongest offensive team between these two, and that they probably have the higher end talent in this particular matchup. But if this becomes a high-scoring game, where both teams will be fighting to outscore each other, it can be anyone's game, and I certainly think that Virtus has a chance on this matchup, They have proven that across the the season and throughout the season so far. So I won't be surprised if they are able to surprise in Serbia. But I do agree that uh, the favoritism is is with Partizan. And that they they probably have uh, a better shot at winning this game. The next game will also be high intensity as most games in Cougars are. It's a game between a struggling Jalgiris that currently is in sixteenth place with 5 wins and 11 losses and a Maccabi that certainly would like to be able to get this road win, but I think it won't be an easy one. They currently rank in 10th place with 9 wins and 7 losses. Weights injury is a significant setback for Maccabi, especially in what promises to be a tough road game in Kaunas, as I just said. The games there with the atmosphere there, they are always tough and hard fought. In your analysis, what advantages do you see each of these teams being able to explore during this matchup?
1: This could be a a very tough one. I mean, obviously, uh, I believe Maccabi is the better team and they are more talented. But the fact that Wade Baldwin now is hurt again and will be out for a few weeks, uh, Zalgiris could try to play with that and and playing at home, they could have a chance. Uh, Maccabi, for me, Maccabi is a bit too inconsistent and they haven't been able to show that consistency level in order to beat good teams. And even though Zalgiri is low in the standings, we, we know how hard it is to beat Zalgiri because they always play hard and they always fight and they always are competitive. So this game could be very tricky. I believe Maccabi should be looked at as the favorite, of course, because in my opinion, they have the best player on the floor and they have more options. But this is not going to be an easy game. If if Maccabi's shots are not falling and if Zalgiri's shoots the three at a, a high volume like we talk about that they need to do to, to win these type of games I think Zalgiris could have a, a very good chance here. Uh, obviously without Wade Baldwin now, Bonzi Colson will need to step up and hopefully Antonius Cleveland can also do that and, and play at a good level. Uh, I think the bigs are going to be very important because Maccabi has a lot of bigs and a lot of physical bigs and Zalgiris it's what they lack like, is the size and the physicality so I'm very curious to see how Maccabi approaches that, if they're going to try to play from the inside and then try to get shooters open from the inside, uh, or if just going to if they're just going to play their regular way with Lorenzo orchestrating everything and the offense coming from Lorenzo. So I'm curious to see Maccabi's approach. For Zalgiris, I think they're going to lean on Keenan Evans, of course, to, to create. And then when you have guys like Roland Smiths and Wulanovic who are just consistent and they always show up, uh, I think this could be a very interesting matchup here. So I can wait for that.
0: The next matchup puts last against first. Aswell against Real Madrid. Aswell is 18 with two wins and 14 losses. Real Madrid is absolute beast of a basketball team with 15 wins and one loss. We know that they are heading to this game with uh, several absences of some important players, but regardless, they are a deep team with uh, many top level players uh, throughout their roster and uh, they are certainly coming into this game as favourites and as a team that will try to impose themselves as uh, the best team in the EuroLeague so far and they will try to impose themselves and conquer another win against this uh, Astral team. The level of play Real Madrid has been truly exceptional, presenting an incredible challenge for any teams and it's certainly a daunting task for a team that is at the bottom of the standings to have to face them. I don't think Aswell is scared or afraid of them. They will do their best. But with this in mind, I will pose you a seemingly impossible question, Duke. How do you think that Aswell could potential give their fans a surprise in this matchup and conquer this win?
1: Well, first place versus last place. I mean there's not really much to to discuss here. Obviously Real Madrid is the favorite; they are the better team. Uh, but uh, like I've said, i said this before. Uh, a lot of times, these tough teams uh, relax and, and kind of play down to their competition. So hopefully, Real Madrid doesn't do that here. Uh, I think they should try to to impose their game from the jump and, and then just kind of control the and manage the rest of the game. Maybe give some opportunities to some younger guys because I, I believe this could be this could very easily be a blowout. Uh, I just think Real Madrid has. They have Aswell on every aspect of the game. I mean, when you talk about uh, point guards, you have Campaso and Sergio Rodriguez. Then on the wings with Musa, Izonia, Kozor. Uh, let's not even talk about the bigs because even though Asvel has Laverne and Mike Scott at the four, when you look at the other side with Gabriel Deck and Walter Navarre and Puarier, I mean Real Madrid just has a, a lot here, and I just don't see a way for Asvel to 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 offset that and to come out of this game with a win. So. Uh, I think they need to try to outscore Real Madrid. It's their only chance. But with the way they play defense, it's just going to be hard to stop Real Madrid. And Real Madrid has a lot more options and better options too. So for me, it's just about trying to stay competitive for well, which is going to be very hard itself. But uh, winning the game, man, I just don't see it. I think Real Madrid is just too good for them.
0: I think this will be a good old try to outscore them, just to try to shoot to shoot in volume, something that sometimes Asphalt struggles to do and hopefully you stay in the game and you are able to score enough against the Real Madrid team that we know can be extremely strong on both sides of the court and that won't be an easy task for them but uh, I think that's the way that they can try to to be competitive. The next game puts face-to-face Paraty that is already in fourth place with nine wins and seven losses. They really have found themselves And despite having some hot and cold runs, they have won their previous three matches and come into this game in fourth place. Uh, They will be facing Red Star, that uh, is in 15th place with 6 wins and 10 losses, but also have been showing some improvements. And while at the start of the season they really struggled on the road and their home and road splits really were massive difference for, for this team, for this Red Star team. They have been doing better. And there is some hope that they will be able to go to Greece and be competitive against a strong Paratinaikos team. Red Star seems to be building this momentum, and especially after an impressive performance in their last road game. Can they carry that momentum to Greece against Paratinaikos? And on the flip side, what strategies do you think Paratinaikos can employ to assert themselves into this matchup?
1: This could be a very interesting game. Uh, well, Panathinakis is certainly the the better team and the more talented team and they are playing at home Uh, but Red Star is coming off of a great win uh, against Maccabi Uh, I think now with Napier being out uh, I think they're just going to hand over the keys to that offense to Milos Teodosic and that could be a a great thing for them because we know how good Milos is Uh, but I just think Panathinakis has too much they've been playing very good basketball they are headed in the right track they've had some great wins in the past few weeks so I, I don't see them stopping now. I, I don't think uh, Red Star can play good enough defense to to hold Panathinaikos down, and, and I think that's going to be the key here. If if Red Star can play consistent defense, maybe they can have a chance, but I, I just don't think they're going to be capable of that. When you look at Panathinaikos' team and that offense, they have so many guys who can go get you double digits uh, scoring. When you talk about Kendrick Nunn and Slugas, Lasort, Mito Juancho, like... They have a lot. It's going to be very hard. And I don't think Red Star has the pieces to to play defense like that. I mean, obviously, you have some guys who can play good defense. But as a team, they struggle a lot. And even in that great win against Maccabi, they gave up 92. So I can see Panatinakush scoring within this range. And I just don't think Red Star on the road is going to be able to score at that level. So I think Panatinakush is going to get a win here. Uh, I think they are the more physical team even though Red Star might be bigger uh, like taller in, in terms of size I just think Panathinaikos plays more physical with their bigs in, in Mitoglou and Lasort and I just think they have a lot more talent on the wings and uh, on the on the backcourt I just think they can score the ball at a higher level and I expect that in, in a game like this
0: The next game, we'll put face-to-face Milano and Basconia. Milano has been an inconsistent team throughout the season. They currently rank in 14th place with 6 wins and 10 losses. On the other hand, Basconia had become a very consistent team after coach Ivanovic joined the team and started to lead the team. They currently rank in 9th place with uh, 9 wins and 7 losses. What do you expect to see from this game?
1: On this one, man... uh... Which Milano are we going to get? Like, uh, are they going to be able to score at a high level? Are they going to score 50-something points? Uh, are they going to allow 90? Are they going to allow 60? Like, it's always that inconsistency with them. Uh, but now that they have Shabazz Napier, I expect them to be a bit better offensively. But uh, I just don't think they're going to have enough to to beat this Basconia team. Uh, Bascogna has been playing at a very good level lately. They are a very good team on the road too. And Milano is... I just don't know man with all the inconsistency I, I don't know what to expect in a matchup like this because Basconia scores in high volumes and they they're not a great defense so Milano should be able to score with them uh, but I just don't see it uh, like outside of Napier uh is going to show up we know he can be inconsistent at times uh, I just don't see Milano having enough to to play against Basconia and I think Basconia with Cody Miller McIntyre He's going to have a great guy to, to play defense on Chabaz Napier, uh, showing him size and physicality. And then they have Marcus Howard. They have Sarikovsky on the boards. They have Moneke on the boards. Like They have so many guys who just play their role and do it to perfection. And I think that's the reason why I, I am favoring Basconia in this matchup. I think they, they've they been playing very good basketball, and I expect that to continue as Milano hasn't shown us the ability to to take teams off of their own game. So I got to favor Basconia here, but I think this could be a very close game.
0: A very interesting matchup will follow. The matchup between the 12th placed Bayern with 7 wins and 9 losses and Valencia that ranks in 8th place with 9 wins and 7 losses. Valencia is in good momentum. They won 4 out of their last 5 games. Bayern has been struggling. They lost 3 out of their 4 games, but they certainly will want to bounce back and take another step in direction to the play-in. Do you believe that Bayern has the required maturity to handle the way that Valencia approaches the game? What key advantages do you think Bayern should focus on exploiting on this particular matchup?
1: Very, very good matchup here. Uh, Valencia, obviously, a great defensive team. Bayern, I think they are a great offensive team. Uh, I think that the key here is going to be Bayern's ability to protect the rim. And obviously, Serge Ibaka is the the major piece uh, on that team as far as that and I think that's going to be the difference maker for Bayern to get a win here Uh, because I I believe uh, with Valencia's defense and Bayern's offense, I think they're going to be matched up. Like I think Valencia will do a great job holding Bayern's offense, uh, but I don't think they can score enough uh, to where they have such a big lead, so I I think the game is going to be close. And then I think it's on Bayern to to be able to get timely stops like in, in key moments of the game, and that's why I think Ibaka is gonna be the the key piece here, and a guy like Beb and maybe Lucic as well, because those are the defenders for Bayern. I think those guys will be very important in a matchup like this, because they will decide if if Bayern can get stops in key play, in key times of the fourth quarter or not. And I think that's the way for them to get a win. Obviously, they are a, a much better shooting team. They are a much better scoring team overall. They have a lot of guards who can go off. Uh, But Valencia is very consistent defensively, so I don't think Valencia is going to allow those guards to go off. So I I really think this is going to be a a close game. It's going to be decided on the details. And I think rim protection, free throw shooting, and obviously rebounding uh, are going to be the keys here on this matchup. But I I just think it's going to be a great basketball game regardless.
0: As we quickly approach the end of this episode, we will look at the two games that will take place on Friday. The game between Alba and Olympiacos is first. Alba is seventeen with three wins and thirteen losses. Olympiacos has a fifty percent win rate with eight wins and eight losses, and they currently rank in eleventh place. Is this a case where the experience and well-oiled system of one side provides a clear advantage for this game? In this game here, I mean, obviously Olympiacos is the favorite, and uh, I, I just expect
1: the their defensive ability to to stand out in a matchup like this. I think they're going to be able to hold Alba down and to to force them to play slow, which is something that they don't really do very well. They they like to play fast. They like to speed up that pace and and score in high bunches. But I just don't see them being able to do that against Olympiakos. I mean, their defense is just too good. They always have a 7-footer in the paint waiting for you in fall or Milutinov. So I just think it's going to be very hard for Alba to score in high volume. And I, I just don't see them having a chance to beat basically any team in EuroLeague if they are not able to score, like, in the 80s or, or 90s. So I think Olympiakos has every advantage here. Uh, obviously, the leadership of guys like Papa Nicolau and Walkup, I think it's going to be very important in a matchup like this because they won't allow Olympiakos to, to try to play crazy because that's what Alba wants. Like, Alba wants to, to play fast and to try to get Olympiakos away from their game because that gives them the best chance to win. And I think a guy like Walkup and Papa Nicolau and obviously uh, Coach Bartzokas as well, they they don't want to allow uh, Olympiacos to get into that game. They need to impose their defense from the jump and show Alba that they don't have a chance and that needs to be done from tip-off until the last second of the game. I think that's how Olympiacos wins this game is to impose their defensive identity and then they just got to make shots on the other end. They, they have guys who can create. They they have all the advantage in the post with guys like, like I said, Fall and Milutinov. Not only are they going to be key defensively, but offensively as well. Just get them the ball in the post and and play from there because you have guys who are nice cutters and they obviously can also put the ball in the basket. So I think Olympiakos has every advantage here.
0: In the round fields with high-level games and high-intensity matchups, the game between Monaco and Barcelona closes the, the round with a must-watch game that we expect to be highly competitive between Monaco that ranks in 5th place with 9 wins and 7 losses and Barcelona that is 2nd with 11 wins and 5 losses. These two teams have been having some losses on their previous games. Both of them in the last 5 games, they won 2 games and lost 3. This is an important matchup for both of these teams. More even so for Monaco that is behind in the standings but both of the teams will want to win and will want to impose themselves on this game between two teams that we expect to be in the contention to the final four of this edition of the EuroLeague. I certainly won't be missing this one. Barcelona had a strong start, but has been shaking in the last rounds of the competition. Do you think that Monaco can take advantage of this situation, or themselves are also in a shaking moment of uh, their season? But what strategies should Monaco be employing to try to, to beat Barcelona?
1: And here we go, man. We, we get to the matchup of the week, uh, Monaco versus Barcelona. Uh, obviously, last year uh, in the third and fourth place game, uh, Monaco beat Barcelona to, to get to third place in the final four. Uh, I think this season, uh, even though Barcelona ranks higher in the standings, I, I th- I've been very disappointing with the latest losses for, for Barcelona against Milano and Albert Berlin. Um, I think Monaco playing at home should be looked at as the favorite. Uh, I believe they have the best player on the court and Mike James, of course. But I do think that matchup between Mike James and La Provitola is going to be amazing to see. Uh, two of the best uh, shot makers in, in EuroLeague. Uh, I think that's going to be amazing. Uh, Barcelona should have the advantage inside with Vesely and Willian and Gomez. But, but I just think guys like Monte and Dante Hall and even Jaite can can give some troubles to them uh, just different bodies that they can show uh, i think that could be a way for monaco to compete just trying to bother those big guys as much as they can and then on the wings uh, barcelona is a great three-point shooting team and monaco struggles a lot from there so they need to do a very good job guarding the three because if they allow barcelona to go off from three then it's going to be very hard for them to to make up for that difference uh just getting to the free throw line and just having mike james score because if you count it by threes, I mean, it's going to be hard. So they can't allow Barcelona to to get hot from three. And then they just need to secure the boards because Barcelona can do damage inside, like I said. Uh, and then it's just a matter of, I think it's going to be close when it comes to the fourth quarter. And you can feel safe by having Mike James, but you also need Elio Cobo to, to have a good game because those two guys are going to need to be the playmakers and they're going to need to create the most uh, especially now that Jordan Lloyd is out with an injury. Uh, I think Monaco is going to be leaning on those two guys to deliver it for them. And obviously, I think they are capable of that because if you have Saransky guarding Mike James or Elio Kobo, you're going to have to guard uh, La Provitula guarding the other. And, and I just think that's a matchup advantage there for, for Monaco. Uh, but then, of course, Barcelona can also explore that on the other side because Mike James usually guards the least offensive player on other teams. And usually they just sit that guy in the corner and Mike James can relax. So I think for Barcelona, they need to force Mike James to play defense. And I, I think we're going to have a hell of a matchup here. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game, but uh, I can see Monaco getting the win, especially that they're playing at home.
0: With this, we reach reached the end of this episode of the European Hoops podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, t Zero league so you don't miss out on any episodes. Share the podcast with a friend. That's what you can do for us to continue to grow and to continue to bring you this, episode, this podcast for free. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye,
1: guys. See you on next episode.